So good morning, everyone. I hope you can hear me. Please excuse my wonky uh, in advance. Excuse my wonky uh, Wi-Fi. <laughs> if I disappear, I will be right back. Um, I've been talking a lot um, lately of, about um, Zen practice as I experienced it as a monastic. Um, and, you know, so that's largely on my mind right now because I am, you know, I, I recently left my temple and it's still, this is all still very new to me. And so, um, I'm thinking about the ways it works in my life. We're right at the point, you know, in, um, in this crazy pandemic where there we can stubbornly hope for the light at the end of this dark path um, that we've been on for the last year the vaccines are rolling out. Um, the numbers in certain places are, are calming, going down a little bit. Um, so we are, you know, we, we are at the point where this intense hope is coming up for many of us. It's coming up for me. Um, and starting to talk about when we can get back together when we can be face to face again, when we can enter our zendos again. Um, for a lot of us, that's gonna look really, really different than it did before. Uh, recently, a friend of mine sent me a, um, a, a copy or a link to something he translated called the Kikyomon. And it's a, uh, it's a piece of the Zenin Chingi, uh, which is um, the monastic standards that uh, Dogen went in search of when he went to China. And it's supposedly what uh, his own Ehe Chingi, or the Sotozen monastic standards of Dogen um, were uh, based on. And basically it tells um, what's interesting about it. It does talk about the different uh, positions in the monastery from the abbot to the um, Tenzo to the guest manager and all those and what their um, their uh, their positions are and responsibilities are. But what it really emphasizes in this particular piece of that Shingi is the relationship between those uh, those, those positions, those officers. And it really um, 
it really emphasizes um, the responsibility that they have to each other, um, the respect they are meant to show each other, um, and the um, gratitude they should have for each other. And this is something we have to remember in our dealings, even as, you know, lay sanghas, you know, um, our relationship to each other is as much a part of the practice as it is to, um, you know, as is the forms or the, or the, um, the Dharma teachings, um, the books, the lectures, um, all of that is important, but none of it works unless we are in harmony as a Sangha. So what I see this Kikyomo uh, being about is that aspect of living as a community, whether it's in a monastic community or whether it's in a Zen center community or whatever. Um, I'll just read a few pieces from it. And as I said, it's talking mainly about the um, officers of the Zendo um, or of the monastery. But this also applies to us as whether we are ordained or lay in dealing with each other in our Zen centers, at our work, at home. Um, and I'll just read a few pieces of it because it is kind of long. Practicing zazen in the morning, requesting teaching in the evening, without wasting a moment, this is how we express gratitude to the abbot. Respectful and humble, actions unhurried and thorough, this is how we express gratitude to the head seat. That's the shuso. Being united together with the others in the six harmonies, practicing together like water and milk, this is how we express gratitude to the rector. Receiving food for the sake of realizing awakening. This is how we express gratitude for the cook. Taking care of every single cup and bowl of monastery property so that they can support the assembly like the ground supports a mountain. This is how we express gratitude to the dormitory leader. Assuring our comportment in the baths is pleasant, dignified, calm, and quiet and that water is used without waste. This is how we express gratitude to the bath manager and the water attendants. Thoroughly rinsing the water and carefully handling sticks, knowing how to be modest and discreet. This is how we express gratitude to the toilet attendants. I didn't read all of the officers. There's plenty more list of this whole list that it goes through of officers, but everyone down from the abbot to the toilet attendant is dependent upon one another to make this thing work um, for everyone. In the monastery and, and in life in certain ways, um, if you are 
in the monastery, you get to, um, or particularly in a training monastery, roles change every few months. One month you're the Eno, and a few weeks later, you're the toilet attendant. One month you're the Tenzo, and the next month you're in the in the um, Hato, dealing with Chiden duty. Even the, in, in 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 my experience in the in the um, training monastery, um, the abbot comes and goes. <laughs> you know. Um, for one training period, they, I know in, in the, in the uh, international monastery that I participated in, the abbot for one ango was one guy, and the abbot for the next one was the next guy. So it comes and goes. So if you're in um, training for any particular bit of time, whether it's in the monastery or at the Zen center, um, you're gonna be standing in, in someone else's shoes eventually. And you're gonna to have to rely on other people to do jobs that are very important to you, feeding you, cleaning up after you, um, making sure that you have everything that you need to participate in this practice, to do your practice. And by the same token, Whatever job you're doing um, is important to the well-being and the practice of everyone else around you. I think there's a, there's, it's, and that's a good reason to do that is because you need to know. And in taking on these jobs or these tasks, um, it's always good to remind ourselves, you know, that none of these tasks are about us, not at all. Um, when you're dealing with your task, you know, it's not about one person shining. It's about everyone moving in a way that makes harmony in this space for whoever steps into it, um, whoever is practicing with us. And to do the task is not to do it in a way um, that is self-conscious or perfect or shows off your skill. Don't really care about that. You know, when all that needs to happen is the, the lights need to be turned on, the space needs to be in order and the candle needs to be lit. That's all that's happening. And what is meant for, I think, for us to bring to those tasks is to do it wholeheartedly without self. I remember I had to teach, I've had the um, privilege of having to teach someone how to be Jisha. 
And um, one of the things is that you, if you, you know what the Jushi is, the Jushi is the person that goes up and holds the incense and presents the incense for the Doshi to um, offer at the altar. And we can do all of this in the noisiest way possible that brings all of the attention upon us. Um, or you can just do it. And I remember saying to one person, you know, um, well, first let me say, this is not meant to mean that you don't take these tasks seriously. When you do these tasks, when I do these tasks, I have to come to it mindfully. I have to come to it with, in the spirit of being of service in that moment, whatever little action I'm about to take. So I remember telling this person, you know, who was going to be Jisha, um, that all you are really is a Pez dispenser for incense. Your arm goes out, the doshi takes it. Your arm comes back, you bow, you step away. And if you do jisha properly, nobody sees you. There is nothing there. The incense is presented to the doshi, the jisha steps away. This me doing Jisha doesn't have anything to do with it. And the ritual or the schedule continues. In the, in the monastery, when you did something right, you never hear about it. There was nothing to say. Now you do something wrong and you throw off the whole thing and mess it up for everybody. Yeah, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, they might yell at you. They might even make you do a, a public, <laughs> a public apology to everyone for messing up the, the, the uh, schedule that day. But you won't hear it tomorrow. Tomorrow you have another chance. Tomorrow, none of that happened. Whatever happened yesterday, Unless you do it again, you know, it's forgotten. That was today. Yeah. Next day. And so we have to give ourselves that, you know, it's not perfection, but presence. The gracefulness that we see in, 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 in a, a, a mutual goals right has nothing to do usually with the skill of the people and getting it absolutely correct and on time and all that. It has to do with the presence that is there when the bows are done, when the incense is offered, you know, it's very quiet. It's not a show. It's what is happening. I also remember when I was learning how to um, do the bells in the monastery, um, what I was told, and this is all about the attention, you know, how I was taught to do the bells. Um, I was always taught to address the bell 
like, what the hell does that mean? But what I was taught was when you stepped up to the bell or to the drum or whatever instrument you're doing, even though this is an inanimate object, you bow to the bell before you even pick up the striker, you bow to the bell. Before you sit down, you bow to the bell. And while you're doing the sutra, you know, um, you, before you strike the bell and those bells that happen in the middle of the sutra, you know, you take your eyes off the, off the paper, off the script, pick up the striker and look at the bell before you hit it, address the bell. In a sense, this is a very um, practical thing. You need to make sure the bell's still there. You make an assumption if you think it's in the right place, you know. Um, you need to be, you need to, you know, because how many, how many times has the door, <laughs> have I as Doan, you know, picked up that striker and hit in the wrong direction and, you know, and nodding pinches and, and strike, struck it in a way that was clanging and crazy because um, it was not in the position I assumed it was going to be in, you know. I just assumed that's what that was and missed my cue or missed the bell or hit it on the, on the, in a interest, an interesting angle. <laughs> That's say wrong, but the interesting angle that made everybody do this when they heard it. Or maybe they didn't, I don't know. It made me do that when I heard it. Um, because I was not paying attention, I did not address it. Yeah. So even a little thing like that, that's part of attention, that's part of, of, of being fully there with whatever you're doing. Not everybody watching you do the bell, but you and the bell, you know, because you're working together with that bell. I think of that and I was like, you know, what if, just like when a dress is the bell, you address that person that's right in front of you. Stop making assumptions and address what's right in front of you. Not what you did, not what they said last week. What's right in front of you right now? And with responsibility to what you're trying to do together. Um, work on mindfully what's right in front of us. In terms of that person, in terms of what they need and vice versa, they're also doing the same for you. And making this work with the best of our abilities, with the best of our intentions. At some point, you know, there's gonna be a person who is in the position of, of Jisha and a person who is in the position of Doshi. And they may have had some problems together, you know, because we all have our delusions and that's, and that's the other thing understanding that we are all working through our delusions. And some people are in one place 
that some people are in another place um, and I am in a certain place and I'm wanting, I'm wanting some, um, some consideration, some, um, a little bit of, 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 of sympathy for my difficulty in working out my delusions. And the same, I have to, I have to give the same to others who are working with theirs. And to come to some belief that, you know, because we're all standing here in the Zendo or we're all doing this practice together, that our intent is for the greater good. Our intent is for the benefit of all beings, even though we're failing miserably right now. Um, just wanting a little bit of, of, of that sympathy, empathy for what we are all dealing with. And to come to that mindfully. So you got this doshi and you got this jisha and the jisha has the hand off that, that stick of incense. And of course, in mindfulness, you know, regardless of what was said or what was what we thought was meant or some assumption that we've made, we simply hand off that incense to the doshi. And the doshi simply takes it and places it because that's all we're doing right now. That's all that exists right now, the two of us together. And bowing together in reverence to the ancestors on that altar, bowing together in reference, in reverence of this Dharma that we're practicing and try to hold together. Why is that so hard to do sometimes? So again, you know, and I think, I don't know if you heard me because, you know, I'm not a tech person. I don't know what I'm doing or not. But what I meant was when we come back together in these spaces, um, our, our spaces for Zazen that are going to look totally different, here's the opportunity to drop all the assumptions and with beginner's mind come together at that altar um, and just pass the incense, you know, and let go of those ideas of who's doing what, you know. And the understanding that um, this doesn't work as a practice in this form anyway. There are other forms and we are all you know, um, they're available to all of us. But in this form, you know, to come at it without self, um, with the wholehearted intent of being present for all beings.
Um, so yeah, I just want to read, this is towards the very end of the Kikyomon. And if I didn't, if you didn't hear me talk about this, um, a friend of mine did this translation. Um, and that towards the end of it, not the very end. I think this is important as well. And again, we're talking about the, um, the officers of the temple, um, but we're really talking about anybody who has any kind of responsibility in practice um, for the Sangha, and that's all of us. Even if we're just a part of the, the assembly, even if you're just showing up, the responsibility is to show up for your, your, um, your fellow practitioners, your fellow, your fellow seekers. Um, one of the things when I first started practice was with a small um, group in Charlotte. Um, and there's some people who are very dear to me. Um, even now, 30 years later. Oh my God, 30 years. Uh, 30 years later. Um, and one of the things about that group was, um, it was very small. If nobody showed up, nobody got the benefit. But for the most part, somebody always showed up. Yeah. Um, we'd sit on a Sunday night and there was a point where we were sometimes sitting at six o'clock in the morning, you know. Um, and this was in Charlotte and everybody had the, everybody lived in all different parts of the, of the town. And I didn't even live in town. I had to come, you know, an hour, hour, uh, hour's drive to get there at six o'clock in the morning. But it was important to show up, you know, at least once a week for everybody else, to hold everybody else so that we could hold this, this practice together so that we could encourage each other um, in this really, really difficult pursuit. So even if you're just coming and sitting on the cushion, that's a responsibility. It's a little bit of, you haven't taken vows. It's a little bit of a vow to all beings to do this practice so that you can set down your stuff in order to help other beings do the same so that you can be free so that other beings can be free. So this, let me just read the last part of this. These functions are offices as we were talking about are how the activity of the way is renewed in the monastic grove. Superior disciples will make use of it throughout their entire lives. Ordinary practitioners will find nourishment and grow while in the sacred room of the monastery. And even those who have not yet awakened to the source of the mind will not be passing their time in vain. This is the true treasure of Sangha. 
which is a field of happiness for the world. May it be like a ford to traverse the final age that we may in the end realize wisdom and virtue, the two rewards of ultimate awakening. So, as I said, it's not about, you know, uh, Chinyo lighting a candle. It's about that room being illuminated and all those faces facing the wall, all those backs facing the altar. Um, it's all about that and beyond. So yeah, we're gonna get mad at each other. And sometimes things are just not gonna work and we're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna have to fix and rectify. None of this is about not, people, not holding people accountable because accountability is a, is a part of Sangha. You know, it doesn't mean you don't say something. It doesn't mean that you know, you not, you're not, re not required to hear the criticism or you know, even if you can't process it right now, even if you can't take it right now, to at least listen. You know. And it's not about people abusing each other, abusing power or anything like that. You know, all of that has to be accountable. But in being accountable and, and placing accountability, it goes both ways. Yeah. And when it's your turn, it's going to hurt. Just like it hurt so-and-so, whatever. It's going to hurt so-and-so, whatever. Um, but the compassion that we're trying to um, know and show to each other um, is how we work. So there is no arch enemy at the altar when you're passing the incense. There is no body in charge of the bell because next week it's your turn to strike that bell and pay attention. There is no one who is, who can say where another stands in terms of their Dharma practice based on whatever it is you're seeing on the outside and making assumptions about from the outside. So just step in and let's do this together and do what's right in front of us together. So I hope you understand what I mean. Um, this uh, Kikyomon, it's brand new. I think they just put it up in, oh, at the beginning of the month. And there are other, I, don't, I think this is the only translation right now, but it's available and it's out there if you ever want to read it. Um, but just to keep in mind, you know, as we go back, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly make our way back <laughs> to the physical zendo, you know, let's just keep hoping because it will happen. We just have patience is, is hard, but it will happen. But go back with intent 
with real intention, um, with real consciousness of what we almost lost. You know, there are great losses here, but so much more could have gone by the wayside because of what we weren't prepared for. That makes me feel how much more precious I could have held that, you know, whether it's just not just, you know, a building or a place, um, but the people and the efforts that went into that. So for so many years and so much, over so much time. But also this bright new beginning that this can be with all the knowledge that came comes from that previous experience and all the appreciation that comes from how quickly it became um, so easily uh, fallen away. This is impermanence, <laughs> what we're always trying to learn. Here it is. So I think that's all I have to say about that. Thank you very much for your patience and thank you. May our intention equally Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.